0: Before I uh, look at Proverbs 16, let me just say that, uh, and by the way of introduction, I'll just give you some things to consider. One of them would be, as I have you know, given you several things to consider before getting into the, the devotion, is that prayer is not a rubber stamp. Amen? Prayer is not a rubber stamp. Uh, we don't seek God to get us his stamp of approval on something that we would have him to do for us. Um, prayer is seeking God and to do his will. I mean, if, there any, if anybody was a great example of this area, it was our Lord Jesus Christ. He said very specifically, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And so we also see him say, I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. <clears throat> and he says in the garden there before going on the cross, not my will, but thine be done. And so prayer is not something that we uh, ask God to do for us, for us. Prayer is something that we seek God's will for. We don't want to come to God and say, God, this is my plans, this is what I want to do, and all, all I want is your stamp of approval on it. It's not, you know, God doesn't sign blank checks. So you know, we have to try to understand that it's not our will that God is seeking. We're seeking His will. And uh, it's His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? It's not you know, our will to be done on earth. It's His will. Okay, and, we're, and and it's very easy tried to get God to come down to our level, and ask Him things that may be good. They're not necessarily wrong, but it's just not His will. I mean, I think that's the great trap, that we ask for good things, but they're not God things. And so we need to be very careful that we don't come to God and ask Him to stamp our prayers of approval, but rather saying, Lord, we just want Your will to be done in this. Okay. And uh, just remember this, when you're, again, the Lord Jesus Christ lived out the will of God. And so if you're living out the will of God, and you're in the will of God, and you're doing the will of God, then you're going to be more prone to pray in the will of God. Okay. Now, number two, when praying in the will of God, we must be willing to allow the Lord to redirect our thoughts, our ways, our preparations and desires. Because we may come to the Lord with some things already planned out. And they're good things. But we have to be willing to say, God, if you want to redirect this, I'm willing for you to redirect this. Don't be set in your ways. Give room for God to work. Give room for God to speak. And don't be set in the way. That's it. It's it's this. (laughs) Okay? Because we can come to God like that way. I mean, have a look at Proverbs 16. Just turn to Proverbs 16. Look at verse 1. Proverbs 16. Look at verse 1. And it says there, the preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from who? The Lord. <clears throat> and so as Christians or children of God, we can essentially come, you know, with this preparation of heart, but ultimately God is the one that gives the wisdom. Okay? And the truth is that without God we can do nothing. And so we can have it. we can be prepared, our hearts can be prepared, we can be set. But ultimately, it's the God that gives wisdom. So it is, it's wise to have God overrule some things that we've already planned. It's wise. And I'm talking about, look, so I'm not talking about lustful things. I'm talking about good things, good, proper things. You know, that we're willing God to redirect things, and it's not wrong. Our, our confidence does not rest in the preparation, but rather it rests in the Lord. Okay, because sometimes we can prepare well, and we can have good things, but we want to make sure that God ultimately overrules and is sovereign over the things that we bring before Him. Look at verse 2. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. And so at times we can get it wrong. We can get things wrong. We can. We're not infallible. Okay? Okay. And so our preparation can be distorted, our discernment can be lacking, and perhaps even our motives can be slightly marred. And I say slightly because we're trying to say, Lord, I'm pure in this, but they could be slightly marred. And it's okay to come before the Lord and say, search me, just try me, just in case I can't see what you see. It's okay. Your conclusion is what? You just want to line up with God's will. That's all you're trying to do. You're trying to get... Your prayers or your seeking after specific things to be lined up with God's will. You're trying to see what God is doing and follow after him. <clears throat> uh, the Lord is, if we look at this, he weighs the spirits. Uh, or Can I just say, the Lord is the one that gives a proper diagnosis. He's the one that doesn't get it wrong. He never fails. He's always right. And so he's the one that weighs the spirits. There is no wisdom, nor counsel, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. No one can outsmart God. And, uh, and by the way, you can, get it, you can never get it over Him. He's always many steps ahead of us. Okay? And so we need to follow after the Lord. and We need to follow after His wisdom and His counsel, His will and His ways. Look at verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy what? Should be established. Thoughts. Now, in the, in the light of the pre- previous verses, it's our responsibility to commit our way to Him And our works to Him. And if we do, the promise is what? He will or He shall establish our thoughts. But we must commit all to Him, all our purposes, all our plans, all our thoughts, all our ways, all our works, and He will establish our thoughts. One of the things that I struggle with when I come before the Lord is knowing is this my desire or is this God's desire? And you know why I struggle? Not because it's a lustful desire. I struggle because it's actually a good desire. It's actually, it could actually even be a biblical desire. Uh, I remember several weeks ago, I was in my office. It was a Friday. Friday at times I give you know some room to study. That's my routine. I study the Word. I get into the Word uh, more than usual. At that particular time, I felt the burden to just not get into the Word, but just to go away and spend some quality time just to be still before the Lord. <laughs> So, I was betwixt between the two. I was betwixt between the two. It took took me about two hours to to work out what God wanted me to do. I was was that perplexed. Uh, Looking at some places where I can go, no, that's not a good place to go and get away. Look, about two hours. It was just. And then all of a sudden, I just got up and I was just discouraged and said, well, I don't know what to do. I have these two wonderful desires. And my routine is just to sit down and study. And then all of a sudden, I had this overwhelming burden. I can't tell you, it was. I'm just saying, and you know what I spoke about—you know, blaspheming the Lord's name, saying it's of God when it's not. I really believe it was of the Lord. It just is burden to go down to Toronto and soul win. I said, William, you want to go? He said, Sure. I said, Okay, let's go. So we went down, and I was just passing a few tracks, and I was just thinking, What am I doing here? Like, I need to study, and I need to get along with the Lord. Like, what what's going on here? And I was. Our, our goings is of the Lord. That, that was, that, I was living out that verse at that particular time. All of a sudden, I see a jetty over there. So this is beautiful. I can hit two, you know, I can do two hit two birds with one stone. There's a jetty there. Sit down and uh, just be still. And as I was going, I see these people sitting at a bench, and uh, the rest is history. And I just stayed there talking, and I was just sharing the gospel, and from the gospel, I was sharing about marriage. I don't know why. And So they ended up having marital problems. Now, she was crying. He was looking at me like stunned. How do you know? So I, I said, do you just want to come home uh, to my place and finish off? And they said, yes. I came home and we finished the conversation. And then we, were, we met uh, Danielle. And then her testimony is right before us. And I'm just thinking, okay, now I know. Now I know. So I, I, what I'm trying to say is there's good desires. But oh, you know, you, you've got to give room for God to work even out of your routine don't be stringent just, be, just say Lord in certain areas is this is what you want me to do I'm talking about a small scale a larger scale just recently we're trying to find a property and I set my heart on this um, house in Ryhope and it was under offer and as you know there was an offer put down here and I just saw you know this one in at Ryhope we just missed it by two weeks and I, said, I just said Lord I don't, I don't get it why is my heart so set on it? Like every time I look at something, I've got it started. It's right there. And I'm looking at it. Every time I go there, I've got so obsessed with it. Uh, I'd, drive, I'd go down to Toronto and look like that. And I'm wanting to pull in. And it's, it's, it's under offer, Charlie. Can't you get it through your head? And I'm just struggled and I struggled and I struggled. And all of a sudden, I get enough notification about two days ago. And it just said, removed. One thing was good about it is I've Just stopped looking at it. But I said something, and I said to my wife, this is too good to be true. And then she said, graciously, see what we just, see, we, she didn't say it, I said it. Graciously, she said, see what we just say without thinking? I said, that was bad. That was bad, because if if it's not God's will, it's good. It's good. What do you mean, too good to be true? And it just, yeah, we say silly things sometimes. God's way is best. Have a look at the next verse. Look at verse nine. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. So at times we can bring, you know, our ways, or we can devise our way, own way. What's deviseth mean? It means to think, plan, exercise, or sorry, calculate, invent, imagine, plan, uh, esteem, make judgment. So man's way continues to think and they're probably good things and we talk about these things and that's a good idea and, all, and all, it's not necessarily wrong. But it says here, but the Lord directs the steps. So As much as we plan or entertain these thoughts, ultimately it's the Lord that is the one that leads our steps. And so we can plan and we can, you know, think about things and we can say, you know, as long as they're in the will of God, but ultimately it's God's direction that we're looking for, not what we think. And sometimes what we think can be in par with what God is doing. No problem. But it's God doing it. So ultimately, if it's a good thing that we've been thinking and meditating on and it comes to pass and we have truly put it before the Lord, then that's of the Lord. It's good. But if it's not, then I have to be willing to say, God, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm planning. This is you know, what I like and this is my desire. But please, just redirect if this is not your will. And I think that's a healthy way to approach the Lord, don't you think? Verse uh, 25, there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. We should learn to yield. We should learn the art of yielding to the direction and the leadership of God in our lives. Verse 33, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of who? The The Lord. And so the Old Testament even up to the day of Pentecost, use this casting of lots in a way to determine the will of God. We don't see it taught in the New Testament epistles in any way for the church, but we do see it used a number of times. Um, that's what the scripture records. Perhaps they used it in times that we do not see certain things take place, but what we do see take place, it was recorded a number of times where they cast lots. It wasn't that common, I guess, to the extent where Scripture's is revealed to it to us, it's like it's almost like heads and tails coming to the point where you go heads or tails, you know, heads. I'm going to do this. Tails, I'm going to do that. It, it, it's almost by chance. I mean, how does this take place? Well, to them, it was, well, God's going to overrule. We, 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 we do our part and God will do his part. Somehow God's going to intervene and come and just be sovereign over this. So I don't know about you, but if you decided to do heads and tails and it didn't go your way, I think you'll flip it again. (laughs) How can you trust it? It's an unusual way to know the will of God. Uh, But this leads us to the next point. When we pray, we pray with purpose. So God has given us prayer as an avenue to seek his will. And what a Wonderful avenue it is. Not to say that the Old Testament saints didn't practice this. And not to say the early believers didn't practice this. However, this is what we see seep out through the epistles time and time again. That if we want to have the will of God fulfilled in our, our lives, we'll pray. We'll seek God. We'll ask Him for wisdom. And so go with me to 1 King Kings chapter 3. Praying with purpose. Here we see God approach King Solomon... Asking him to ask one thing. Now, what would you ask for being king? What would you seek the Lord for? If God said to you, not that God is a genie, but if he said to you, of course, if it's in the realm of, you know, biblical truth, or we can say God's will, but if God were to ask you seriously at this particular point, at this particular point in your life, God, ask one thing, what would you ask? What would you ask? Maybe in my particular point, if I, was, if I didn't know this passage, now because I know this passage, I, I know what to ask, I'll probably say, Lord, just write you know, the house that you want or the property that you want for us on. on just let, it, let us know what it is and we'll get it. <laughs> right? But then I'm so limited. That's it. So I believe what Solomon asked for was very wise. Very, very wise. Have a look at verse 5. 1 Kings 3, look at 5. Verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Solomon said, Thou hast showed thy thy servant David, thy father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth, and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with thee. What a good example he has been. And thou shalt keep for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Look what he asks for in verse 9. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart or in another passage, wisdom to judge thy people. Why? Why did he want wisdom? There's a purpose. So we ask for wisdom, good prayer request, but to what avail? There's a purpose In why he asked for this, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, so thy great, uh, thy so great a people? You know what he was asking for? Lord, I need to know your wisdom, your ways in matters, in order for me to make the right judgment. I don't want to get it wrong. I want to know your will in this matter, in this matter, and this matter, especially if I'm dealing with your people. I need your wisdom. And God was pleased with it. Look what he says. In verse 10, look at this. And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Wow. Imagine that. Imagine praying and saying, "I like that. That, that's, that prayer, that's pleasing to me. You've asked the right thing." And then God answered his prayer. Have a look at verse eleven, and God said unto him, "Because thou hast asked this thing, and not have and not asked for thy long life, neither have asked for riches for thyself, nor have asked for the long or for the life of thy enemies." but has asked for thyself understanding to discern what? Judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. and Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. And this is how we get the book of Proverbs. (laughs) That absolutely blesses us day by day. What a treasure. What an absolute treasure. Why? Because we had a man... Asking for wisdom for a purpose. And so you want to deal between matters? You want to get counsel to know how to handle a situation? Go to the book of Proverbs. And even then, when we see a proverb, we need to say, God, how do I apply this? And so prayer comes with applying the scripture. That's why he says, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Because you can have two passages that perhaps relate to a specific person, and uh, and they're two. They're perhaps saying two different things, but they're both the wisdom of God. Which one applies to this person? Which one applies to that person? Perhaps they're in the same predicament, but different circumstances. And so, we need the wisdom of God, and God has granted us His wisdom in the Book of Proverbs. But we still need to pray for wisdom to know how to apply His Word every day, to every circumstance of our life. If you go to even James chapter 1, even there we see James encourage the believers to ask God for wisdom. He said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of what? God that will give to him what? Liberally. But why does he ask them to ask for wisdom? If any man lack. Now, by the way, we lack wisdom. But specifically... In the context in which he asks them to ask for wisdom, there's a purpose. What's the purpose? We'll have a look at verse 1 so we can get context. James, a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So, what's the context here? Jewish believers were scattered in various places and were facing various trials for their faith, they were being persecuted. And uh, James encourages them to allow the character of patience to be at work in their life. Have a look in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into the diver's temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. Let patience have her work, perfect work, that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Okay, so whatever takes place in your life because of the faith, it's for the purpose of building character. God wants to build character in your life. But with that, he says, pray for wisdom for what avail? For what purpose? Why pray for wisdom in the midst of trials? Why pray for wisdom in the the midst of difficulty? There's a purpose. How do I act and react in this situation, God? How? How do I live in this trying time of persecution? How? And uh, let me just say that we're not even scratching the surface of persecution. We don't even know what persecution is. We don't. But a time will come that when it hits us and we don't know what hit us, then we need to ask God for wisdom. How do I live in the midst of this? This is strange. What is going on? We, we have... We don't, We haven't even scratched the surface of persecution. We don't even know what it means. We probably get a half a grain of sand of persecution in our day today. But when it comes, oh boy, how you need God's wisdom. He says, if any man, look at this, if any man, verse 5, lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men, look at this, liberally, freely, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But how should he ask? Let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like what? Is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let no man, uh, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And asking by faith is simply surrendering to the Lord and saying, Lord, I trust you. I need to know what to do. In this, to, in this trying time. Go to Proverbs 17 and we'll close with this. We'll be done for tonight. We looked at this together as a family in the morning with the children. And I believe it goes well with what we're seeing. Praying for God's wisdom reveals, and I'm, I'm saying praying fervently for God's wisdom, not casually, reveals, listen, a heart for God's will. Because you really, ultimately, it comes. every devotion that we've done, praying with purpose, even though we're praying for wisdom to know how to live as Christians in the midst of persecution, ultimately, it comes down to knowing the will of God. That's what it is. Because we have to say, not my will, but thine be done, no matter what the answer we get from God, even if we don't like it. Even if we don't like the answer that comes from God. Proverbs 17, look at verse 16. Wherefore, is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom? Seeing he have no what for it? What's it saying? Well, fools do not seek after the wisdom of God because they don't have a heart for the will of God. They ain't care. They don't sacrifice or seek after, they don't pay a price to attain the wisdom of God because they don't have no heart for it. And actually it would be a foolish thing for uh, you know, someone that doesn't have a heart for the will of God to spend a lot of money in seeking the wisdom of God when he doesn't even care. It's like someone buying a whole heap of books and doesn't even read them. Right? That's a fool. It's like we've got three, four Bibles but we don't even get into them. What do you have a Bible for? So we can know the will of God. So we know the heart of God. So we know the revelation of God. So we know how God thinks. How God acts and moves. And so how he wants his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so if we have a heart for his will, then we'll seek his wisdom. Look at fervently. And even if there's a cost, Jesus said it for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do you care about the will of God? Then you'll pray with purpose. You'll pray with purpose, Lord. This is what I'm thinking, but I want your will to prevail. I want your will to be done. This is what I want. This is my desire, but I'm just, Lord, I just want, I just want your will. I don't want you to stamp this and say, yep, go ahead, Charlie, right behind you. No, no, you lead. I want to follow you because my ways aren't your ways, Lord. And whatever the cost, may your will be done. Let's pray.